The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state, and national politics and the real issues that really matter. You, too, can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned. Because it's on now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, our panel of political pundits includes our roundtable regulars on the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Henry, good morning. Good morning, Tom. And joining us for this week, uh, writer um, Wesley Whitaker from the uh, Convention of States joins <laughs> us uh, by phone. Um, good morning, Wes. Welcome. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Wes. Good morning, Wes. Well, I uh, usually start out with... Um, a bunch of quotes, but I think I'll, I'll start out with a quick announcement and then we'll get off into the quotes and the rest of the items on the agenda for today's uh, roundtable commentary and analysis. Um, I, I, I just, just a very brief announcement. I made it last hour um, briefly talking with uh, economist Chris Douglas, but I'm suspending operation of the Tom Sumner program at the end of this month. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do after that, um, but uh, just just to put uh, Paul and Henry on notice, that, that the 31st, Wednesday the 31st, the last Wednesday of this month, will be the last time that we'll convene until further notice. Well, you've, you've put a lot of effort in this time. You really have been really a, a Flint institution, I think, in many ways. Yes, you have. And besides, Tom, you're, you're putting us on notice, but what about all of the other people who expect to hear this show every Wednesday? Well, I'm putting them on notice, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. But, but I don't think yeah. that they'll be sitting by their phones. So I, 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 I just I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, the, the ongoing support that um, that. Paul and Henry have been, but also Wes and others who've uh, taken up the third chair in our in our weekly roundtable. Uh, Mark Everson will be with us for that last one at the end of the month, um, and uh, 
it's it, it's like I say, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. I've had people ask me what I'm planning to do, and you know, I'm people are saying, "Are you going to run for something?" Well, nah, probably not. I, I, um, there, there was a time you thought about that, wasn't that? Time? Yeah, yeah, there, yeah well, there, was. Ago. there was. I, I did think about it, but um, it, it it doesn't seem as fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you take a look at the the city council, the county commission, the school boards. I understand that. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, Tom, you make it fun for us. Now, who can get on TV or radio and talk about this in a in such a way that we are still civil and can still laugh at each other and can talk to other people that we encounter? But it's only through this medium can we do this. And and there are there there are three primary reasons why I'm suspending operations at the end of the month. Um, one is uh, financial, of course. Uh, it's it, it's the revenue. I've never been particularly good at attracting uh, money, you know, for operations, etc. Um, but that's declining. And I think listenership is declining. And the third part, uh, the third piece, is something that Henry just alluded to. You know, for 15 years, I've been, uh, you know, trying to promote civilized uh, conversation. And right. it's it just continues to get worse. It's not popular, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's just not. It's not. That's getting, right. Unfortunately, that's true. It's not getting better, and and uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why listenership is uh, declining. Is people are just giving up on that in favor of, um, you know, the the vitriol that we that we rally against on this show and. So anyway, yeah. I I don't know I don't know what I'm going to do. But, you know, like I said, people have asked if, you know, are you going to write a book? Are you going to run for something? Yeah, I don't know if I'll do either of those things. Very likely, I'll sit around and binge watch the A Team or something. But um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm I am glad that that you have taken all of particularly all your political interviews. And, and you've given them what the U of M Historical Society or the archives. The U, U of M, M Flint Library has a Genesee Library. County yeah, historical uh, uh, wing sort of to it, and I've been working with them on um, actually giving them, you know, access to my library of local music. Um, but also in the process, there is an archive being set up for the Tom Sumner program. And um, and and I don't know what'll happen. We may convene from time to time to do political debates or something, you know, for special things. But uh, you know, I really don't have anything planned except that on September second, I will be signing off for the last time until further notice. But but Tom, you know, um, <clears throat> it's amazing that you say people don't want civility on radio or TV. They don't want to talk about it. And yet the country continues to get worse. The whole country will probably fall off the roof yeah. if we don't change. <laughs> and this is what we're, we're hoping that people will become more civility to save the country, to save the country from ourselves and from itself. 
because it's in very, very bad shape. We don't cry about That's it. That's true. And uh, people... It's right <laughs> up there with the Wizard of oh, Oz. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, oh, yes. That was a very unexpected outcome. Out of Kansas especially. I mean, <laughs> yes. yeah. And, yes. and for people who don't here. know or, or haven't heard, they had a ballot initiative um, uh, about keeping abortion legal in Kansas, and it passed resoundingly. I mean, it was 60-plus percent or something. Yeah, and I the just, number of voters who cast ballots just dr- increased dramatically compared to yeah. the previous midterm election. I just saw a number on the screen, something almost a million people showed up to vote. Yeah. Yeah, but we should probably not uh, take this too seriously. Remember, only 20% of the people vote in primaries. There was so 22, well, 22 in Genesee well, County, in which I thought was pretty good. Um, yeah, that's pretty good for Genesee County. But let's, yes. let's see if we yeah. can squeeze in a couple of quotes before the break, and then we'll get into all that stuff in the next segment. Okay. Uh, right, the work is too important and too energizing, and I have a lot of gas left in the tank. Ooh. Hey, mm. that's, that's Grandpa Joe, isn't it? No, but, but close. <laughs> Um, it was uh, White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield. She's oh. staying on in her role, a surprise decision coming after the White House had announced she would be leaving. Uh, Bedingfield uh, shared her decision in an email sent to her colleagues Friday afternoon. Bedingfield wrote in the note obtained by CNN that Friday was supposed to be her last day at the White House, but that after much thought, discussion, and reflection, I've decided to stay. I'm glad she did. What do you think? But what do you think a last-minute decision not to quit means? Well, you know, we're so used to hearing people make a last-minute decision to just bug out. To, to spend yeah. more time with their family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe right. she wants to spend less time with her family. Maybe, maybe that's <laughs> I, I think she, I, I think maybe she, maybe she really believes in the job that uh, President Biden is doing, and to abandon him in this point would not be good for her own legacy. Maybe yeah, and maybe because, and maybe because some things have been turning around a little bit. Like yeah. she announced yeah. that she was staying before we found out about the um, the assassination of the Al Qaeda guy. I want you know, and some yeah. things like that that are happening before uh, we found maybe, out, or before she found out. <laughs> well, she must have known, but yeah, yeah, we didn't know. Yeah, I don't know. Just just some just some possibilities. Hmm. Okay, here's and, one one more to go, ahead. go no, go ahead and finish your thought. No, no, I'm I'm done. I was okay. just gonna make some I, I was I, gonna make some empty speculations. I'm gonna try and squeeze <laughs> in one more quote here before we go to break. My pre twenty twenty two contributions to an organization that provides health care, including abortion, do not objectively demonstrate a risk of impermissible bias regarding the issues presented. In this oh, case. that was the, the, Governor the Whitman. Whitman's judge. Yeah, uh, the, the Michigan judge whose decision is keeping yeah. abortion legal in the state will continue to oversee a lawsuit filed by Planned Parenthood despite her contributions to the 
uh, Reproductive Health Organization. Chief Court of Claims Judge Elizabeth Gleicher on Friday denied a motion for her disqualification in the case. And yet I can't help asking what you guys think about this. Should the judge have recused herself? Hmm. Well, in principle, I don't approve of people in a position like that making political contributions. You know, I I mean, that would be the first thing I would say. I I don't think... That's why I raised the question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, legally she's on safe grounds, but there is that perception of of bias, perhaps. Although I guess the the cases where she had handled abortion-related cases go back some years. I mean, I think the the rule is if you're a judge, you cannot have, have been involved with litigants for two years. But the cases she was involved in go back a good many years beyond that. The contributions, yeah, they were, they were fairly modest contributions, apparently, but they, they do give that perception, even but, though legally I think she's on safe grounds. Because of politics, most people would not take that risk, most judges. Right, that's, that's any what situation I'm like that. yeah. Because of politics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, co- it comes down to what are you allowed to have a bias on? I mean, you know, a judge is going to go by the law, um, but... You know, I've been thinking quite a bit about that question. Like, things that we're horrified and, by, and, how do, when do we let it show and on what terms? Yeah, and, and in her defense, I think somebody made a point that while she gave some money to Dana Nessel, she's also ruled against Dana Nessel on a number of cases in recent, year, recent years, a couple of years. Right, so, right. Yeah, they could, you try to go by the law, as you indicated. Yeah. Right. Well, we always like to think that, that judges don't have a bias, that it's all rule of law. It's all law, And yeah. I, I remember I was, uh, oh, Jaquanda that uh, runs Flint B. Jaquanda Johnson? Yeah, yeah right. Johnson. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure. I, I, I don't know why I got tongue-tied on her name, but she was sitting in uh, as a panelist on Armchair Politics once a few years ago, and she had never done that before. She only had her journalistic experience of trying to remain completely neutral. And after we got done with the show, she told me, she said, you know, I wasn't sure if I, you know, if I could do this because I'm, you know, always used to being so neutral. And she says, turns out I do have some opinions. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I really enjoyed the judge's rejoinder to Alex Jones yesterday, I think it was where, you know, she clearly said, listen, Buster, this is not your show. This is a place of fact, you know. If you're going to be biased about something, and again, that's, you know, solidly based in sort of the rule of law way of thinking, uh, but I really enjoyed that she gave him a piece of her mind yesterday. That's one example. If you're going to be biased, then be biased in that direction, which is the thing that the judgments are based on. You know, you can be biased on that. Yeah. Well, and the hey, fact is, judges are political, political people. They they run for office. They've they're involved in politics. They give to candidates. They support candidates. So, in almost every yeah. judge's background, is some kind of support of one cause or another. Well, right. judges simply are people. Yeah, and people exactly. don't stray too far from the root. On that note, we got to hear from some other people. We'll be back with more right after <laughs> this. Cool. brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in edible arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for edible arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dana, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Welcome back, everybody. Armchair Politics continues now on the Tom Sumner program. That was uh, that was actually the late great Dave Kozel playing that uh, his rendition of the Star Trek uh, theme. I meant to play like that it. earlier when we were talking about Nichelle Nichols, and I forgot to do it, so I squeezed it in. And thank you for bearing with me. Um, I, I'm a Trekkie. I can't help it. Um, <laughs> It made me want a pina colada or something. It sounded like a cocktail lounge version of it. Yeah, yeah very true. much, very much. A, a lot of uh, a lot of Dave's arrangements were like that. Um, but let's, um, you know, I, I I have a regular script like I do every week, pulled from the headlines. But the election, I, you know, there were some interesting surprises and some things we were waiting to find out. And so I think maybe we'll just jump right in and without without getting into any specific uh, returns. Um, how do you think Donald Trump did yesterday? He I was, saw a headline that he made he one went half went. of his endorsements. It was 50-50. Yes, is yes, one yes. headline he I saw. Very uh, uh, respectable 50-50. You know, you know what? One surprise I had was the Peter Meyer one out in Grand Rapids that she that he lost. Well, yeah, I, given, I, felt, I felt bad about that. I I did not yeah. like the Democrats getting their noses in that. I mean, he he was he voted for the in the right way, in my view. You know, so but just, but he had that was a Democrat strategy. They did that all the time. I know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> And, and Henry, you're, you're right. Democrats may now have a chance for, to to actually win in the Grand Rapids area, which is unusual. Yeah, but it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I know, but, but that had to be well thought out, arranged, scheduled, and concocted by leadership, so that everybody. Yeah. yeah. It's just that I think Pete Myers is a nice young man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I think. very decent guy from all appearances. <laughs> yeah. I know. I don't always. I don't always buy these strategic decisions. But, but yeah, you might be right. I mean, the other guy is quite an extremist, Gibbs. But you know, they can do the same thing in the general elections and reverse that process. Right. You know, when That's you look right. at the national headlines and they say Trump did, uh, you know, fifty-fifty. Do you think it was different from state to state? I think he did better in Michigan than he did in other places. Uh, he did that uh, in Arizona. Yeah, in Arizona too, of course. And he yeah, had his uh, and he had his greatest fights with our governor publicly, openly. Yeah, I know. You know, and uh, he still comes in and gets fifty percent of. Them. So, well, here's here's a here's well, a headline you know, in the Bridge okay. Magazine. It says half of Tr- President Trump's candidates for state legislature prevailed in Michigan yes. here. Yes. So oh, really? Says, no, even even here, it's fifty fifty for the state house. Well, that's yeah. interesting. If you look at the numbers of how many voted, and if you think about the fact that, you know, when we say, okay, 
Donald Trump won, the general election prospects for those candidates isn't as good. So that's another way of looking at it. Like, uh, it seems like the tide is turning away from the extremist candidates a little bit. So, you know, you see what I'm saying? Is he, yeah. is he, does he actually, is he actually going to win in the general with these, with these extremist candidates? I don't know. And, and, and as you say, Jen, that there was some evidence here and there where Democrats actually supported the extremists in the hope they'd have a weaker opponent. That may, right. that may or that's, may not be a wise strategy, but that, that, that yeah, happened no, here and there. Yeah. But that, I mean, that has been going on, and I know about that because we did yeah. the same thing. I know. I know it happens on both parties. It's just, yeah, I mean, another one that I thought was interesting was Rusty Bowers losing in Arizona. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you sat through his oh, testimony, yeah. the J6 committee, that guy was just so impressive. And he's, I mean, he's, he's like really, really, really conservative politically. And uh, so I... I just, I'm really curious to see how these folks are going to fare in the general election. It's like, now, in, in Arizona, really it's real. In Arizona. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Henry. Well, in Arizona, is a real test of Trump's influence. Yeah. Because he's is, a guy yeah. who stood up in Trump's face and the world and the face of the nation and said, I will not vote Trump again. Right. Right. Well, finally he did. And then, then, and then Pence got involved in the Arizona race as well on the other side. Yeah. So that that was the one clear yeah. test between the two of them. Is well, anybody is anybody is tracking how uh, how Pence's people did? <laughs> they, yeah. Well, I, I don't know how many endorsements he made. I, I, I yeah, mean, I don't either. I heard of only a few. Yeah. But you know what worries me yeah. is that so often that so many of these election deniers are now in a position to be secretaries of state or even on the I local know. level election yeah. officials of one kind or another. That that may be a a serious problem in the in the years to come. You know, yeah, but but my concern good. with Rusty Bowers is can there be a person with that kind of truth and ag- and ethics that will stand up against the party? Who he had pledged support based right. on platform issues. Well, he can he be true? I'm, I'm going for country. He says I'm going to go for my country. Yeah. And and my morality. Yeah. I mean, that guy says that he thinks the Constitution was handed down by God for God's sake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean. Yes. Uh, and so God lost in Arizona. <laughs> right. That way. I mean, yeah. I don't know what what's your what is your point, Henry? Can you say more about that? You know, it's just, uh, uh, I believe that Trump really influenced um, him to the point where he said that he would not vote Trump again because of, it was it was a degree to which he thought that injustice to the country had been had been stated, that right. uh, it's, it's to overturn the election. He went to the Secretary of State and asked the Secretary of State to overturn the election. I can't believe that Trump did that. There were some I, people I, who were really troubled by that one comment. And it had been out there. You know, it, it was news when it happened. Um, but something about the way it was presented uh, by that by that special committee in those uh, televised presentations, 
something about yeah. you know the president calling up a secretary of state and saying find me some votes you yeah. know just had yeah. such a you know almost like an organized crime you know <laughs> right thing to it yeah are you so did rusty bauer claim that trump had done that in arizona too in addition to georgia well, no he was yeah. put off by that yeah, yeah. yes he was yeah. put off by that uh, the, yeah. play, that's what oh. it says but i can't okay. believe president trump would go in public that's speaking to an uh, elected official who of on your side or the other side is suicide to say something like that, I think I have to believe but, that the president well, of the United States would do that. Recorded. It's, it was, yeah. I mean, they have it on tape. Are you questioning whether Trump actually did that, Henry? Yeah, I, I, I just find it uh, bizarre. I'm, I, if I don't have the information, I don't have the information. I'll no, say that. Verified by, by both. I, I, others have to convince of... me. Well, the, that, that the, was I'm done. The, the Secretary of State you, down there was smart enough to record the conversation. Yeah. Well, well it's, it's, it's it's not, it's, and Trump hasn't denied it. He, he hasn't denied saying it. <laughs> I think I'm being condemned here, guys. Hang on. Let me <laughs> no, we don't want to pick on you. <laughs> I am con- I'm confused because I thought that part was rock solid, that that had happened. And it well, it, it's, it's just when I saw it in writing, I... You, it's difficult to believe that a president of the United States would say something like that, right? Yes, it's well for most presidents. That's true, Henry. Yeah, <laughs> you don't think exactly that, right. uh, but Trump is uh, not well, like most presidents. Well, Trump is a smart man, and I can't believe that he would uh, do that. So, I, okay, I'm confused still. I, what do you think actually happened? Well, I, I don't know. I'm waiting for you guys to tell me what happened uh, <laughs> and others. No, Henry, this guy from Arizona gave testimony and referred to that event as a a reason why he, you know, didn't, um, why he no longer supported the president and, and why he thought the president was at fault in trying to overturn the election and he mentioned that event and the committee played a tape recording of Trump's conversation with the Secretary of State Mm -hmm. making that request and so it's you know it's pretty well established that that the call takes uh, took place but I can certainly understand how it would be hard to believe yeah. And this guy was a you yeah. know, rock-solid Republican, strong Trump supporter initially that uh, has simply had enough. And we saw the same thing with uh, with Myers over in Grand Rapids. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And and he lost his uh, his primary over it. Has um, has has Representative Cheney had her primary yet? No, I don't yes, think that. I, no, I think that's later oh, this he, month, isn't it? It's coming up, coming in the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah. And the polls, the polls are kind of against her. She's in trouble. He's yeah. going to lose, I think. I think she's going to lose what? too, and I think she thinks she's going to lose, and she's already yeah. shared her feelings about that. Mm. Well, and that's what Americans should do. When the country is threatened, you need to talk the truth at the table. Right. 
to yeah, save our country and to save ourselves. I mean, months. I probably disagree with, you know, 90% of what Liz Cheney or Rusty Bowers would argue for politically. But boy, do I admire their moral, their moral. Yeah, under these conditions, to to do those things takes some real courage. And and the the handful of Republicans who've done that have often paid a big toll. They've often either chosen not to run for re-election or lost primaries or so forth. But you got to give them credit for the moral courage to stand up against uh, the the tide that they're facing. Um, But don't all of us as Americans uh, running for Congress or in leadership have that obligation? If if you don't I, do it, I think so. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you you should not be in Washington. That's what I would say, or, or Lansing, or any place else. If you can't uphold uh, constitutional government, in fact, yeah. maybe we're, a, we're a nation of in. we're a nation of laws, not of men or people. That's for you. I'm Dan. with you on that. It's discouraging is how many people have, have gone the other direction, and even though they denounce Trump in private and in public, they kowtow to him and you know accept these these crazy conspiracy theories and all of that. It, there's an awful lot of people who otherwise would be relatively decent representatives who just got on the Trump bandwagon and either don't want to get off or don't know how to get off or are afraid to get off because they may lose. There have been a few Republicans, uh, you know, throughout this process since uh, the Trump campaign and presidency. Uh, Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, um, Peter Myers, uh, and of course, and you keep saying, (laughs) saying his name, Jan, and I keep it just oh, no Rusty from Bowers? Arizona, yeah. Rusty Bowers, Rusty Bowers. Bowers. Rusty Bowers. You know, yeah. people like that that have have garnered a a special kind of respect. Not you. Know, you don't have to agree with their policies or or their ideology, but their ethics are impeccable. And right, it, right. I've come to but, include from the other side of the aisle, Mansion, in that. Yes. You know, here's here's a guy who's been going against the grain. They have a razor razor thin majority, and so it often is up to him and and cinema yeah, I mean, as been, to whether something. Been kind of, so much. And and everybody's been looking at him and treating him like like a roadblock, and then, you know, he helps engineer this this bipartisan legislation that you know, moves the president's agenda forward, but at the same time saved, what, two, three billion dollars? Yeah. And the other thing about, about Manchin is, of course, he's a Democrat from West Virginia, one of the reddest states in the country. I mean, yes. politically, he could hardly be anything else but what he is, I suppose, to then survive. Um, so that's, uh, what, what we well, about he's Manchin. representing the constituency. So. Yeah, like oh, I said, yes. given given West Virginia, it's, uh, the mere fact that there's any Democrat from West Virginia is a, is, is remarkable. Go ahead, right. Jane. Well, well, two things bother me, and maybe this is not the point you're trying to make, Tom. So, I'll, you know, keep going with that. But first, is that the population of West Virginia is less than the population of Wayne County, Michigan, and <laughs> I always have felt that. Part of a politics, part of a representative's job is to represent, in that case, if you're a senator, it's partly the country, uh, not just your, not just yeah. your local constituency. So that's one point I'd like to make. The second, but you know, 
that you, that could be argued, I guess. The second thing is, well, another thing that bothers me about Manchin is he's gotten rich taking money from, um, mm-hmm. from the fossil fuel industry down there. True. And I, I just, that just bothers me. Well, there's only so much money you can earn or use. And, and I mean, sure, money is always the problem. But like you say, if the population is less than Wayne County, um, well, Michigan, I'm, I'm not then, sure what I make of the fact that more people live in Wayne County than in uh, West Virginia. <laughs> well, that's, I'm, that's I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> you know, you've got two senators from North Dakota, and the population of North Dakota is smaller than Wayne County as well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you well I'm not sure coming. why more people would want to live in Wayne County than West Virginia, but <laughs> that's a different conversation <laughs> altogether. <laughs> Yeah, that's a different conversation. But, not, not that much coal mining I, I mean, in Wayne I, County. But <laughs> as, aside from aside from the um, you know the 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 politics of uh, of Mansion and how he gets elected and how he got elected and who he represents right, right, and right. so on. But the idea that he has branded himself as a very moderate Democrat who is not a tax-and-spend liberal. Right. And I think he has... That's good. And I think he has done something that that needed to be done. Uh, You know, he he has put moderate Democrats in the driver's seat for, you know, for a change in in recent Mm -hmm. times. And, and, And I think that's, I think that's positive momentum i think that i agree with you tom and and, and when he, when he came across that. he was the one who finally made the, the most recent uh, environmental bill that biden got fi- finally move at least it looks like it's gonna yeah, yeah and it, it looks it, I, I don't trust him though and i wish i, I, I mean, wish the moderate republicans were being as successful if there were, if there were any, <laughs> that's true. Well, there I mean, are, and yeah. we just named a few of them. But yeah. they're getting yeah. knocked there, there out a, of the game. There was game. a time when you had a lot of them. And in fact, there used to be a time when there were Republicans who were more liberal than some Democrats, and Democrats more conservative than some Republicans. That's not right. been true for decades. Uh, there's no, there's almost no see, overlap. Did you happen to see any of his interview with Stephanie Rule last night, uh, J- Joe Manchin's I'm talking about? Uh, I was really curious on that. Sound bites only. He he had this like, yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about too. He had this like pleading sound in his voice, like, look, really, you know, I really, I'm like, I'm really trying to make this work. Um, And uh, he he was the other thing that I think is kind of cagey about all this is that Joe Manchin is a moderate at heart too. I think. I mean, uh, Joe Biden is a moderate at heart too. And to some degree, he's always built himself as the guy who's going to be able to make the Senate work better, blah, blah, blah. And now this might look like something that Biden had a voice in, at least, with these with uh, Manchin and, and uh, mm-hmm. Schumer. And I just think that's interesting. So to your point about moving more toward the moderate again, with you know, with, uh, I think Joe Biden will be very happy about that if it eventually happens, even if, you know, people like me, I'm out here going, what the hell is wrong with Joe Manchin? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, um, but I think I think it could the pendulum might be helped 
to swing back a little bit more, and that's probably going to be good for everybody. And I, yeah. and and I, I hope it has some. With you there. And I hope that that something similar happens in the Republican Party, so that yeah, we see more well, Republicans what, like Henry. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Guys, these, these rise, these rise and fall episodes come and go. This is yeah. not the end of this story. The story is just it's the not. beginning. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, you know, you guys know that I have a tattoo of a semicolon on my arm, and I look <laughs> at my semicolon almost every day, and it reminds me that there's more to the story. You know, <laughs> true. That there's Good not point. a period at the end of these sentences. There's a semicolon. And I've always just, that's like as close to religion as I get, I guess, Henry. It's like, I like my semicolon reminder that there's always more to the story, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it's like a big banner that says, but wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. That's right. The rest of the story. <laughs> yeah. So I'm agreeing with you, Henry. I, you know, I get, I get on these little hysterical, catastrophizing bents from time to time, but, um, you know, there's, there's they work out well. They work out well for the order, and we're glad we that you're so. here. We, and you take we those hope two. So, don't we? Yeah. Paul, you yeah. just just so reminded better. me uh, of uh, Paul Harvey and how much I used to enjoy yeah. those little radio spots. Oh yeah, yeah. It, they'd the cut the, the commercial, and he'd say, "I'll be back what? with uh, the rest of the story," and and the then he'd rest come back. Of the story, yeah. And now <laughs> the rest of the story. Rest of the story. I can hear his voice. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's funny. Oh shoot! Um, any any other uh, any other surprises uh, in the, in the election? I, I'm sure we want to mention the uh, Flint mayor's race, but that was really kind of an as expected, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. No. No. No, yeah. no big shock there. What was surprising is how long it took the votes to come in. I mean, yes. right. When did it come in, Paul? I, I went to bed about 1230 and nothing had happened then. Yeah, I went to bed about nothing one there. and there was nothing there at all. I, I, I just got uh, an email from yeah. Tom, uh, Travis, this morning with the results at, at, at seven o'clock. I think he sent those in to me. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, I was I got up, up at 530 looking for the results and I still couldn't find any. Not yeah. even on uh, national I, or live. I've got them in front of me, and it says they were reported at five thirty-eight. So the, the, you just missed them, Henry. Five thirty-eight <laughs> this morning. Because I, I think I, uh, I think it was around six o'clock that I went to the the county clerk's site and uh, huh. printed out several of the results. But I am really disappointed with the layout of the. Uh, County it's clerks. really hard to follow. I agree with you. It's really hard to follow. Well, the yeah. the problem was well, that it it was simply that they put all of the Democrats, right, and then all of the Republicans. Yes, yes. So you had to jump twenty pages to compare the Republicans and Democrats in a particular race. I think it should go yeah. seat by seat. Uh, this is amazing, Tom. This is the first time we've ever been able to see that because Republicans never ran for these positions because they <laughs> were cowarded out by <laughs> Democrats and labor unions and uh, the black vote and so on and so forth. That's true. But as I hey. said, Matt Smith says, we're going to challenge every seat out there. 
may have his problems. I got to cut you off there, Henry. We've got to take a short break. We'll be right Hello back. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wanky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Cloth or disposable? Paint or wallpaper? Yellow or green? Babies come with lots of decisions. Crib or bassinet? Rocker or glider? So when it comes to protection against diseases, go with the safest, most effective choice. Vaccination. To protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases like measles, meningitis, and whooping cough. That's why nearly all parents choose it. Stroller or carriage, basketball, or soccer. So get all the recommended vaccinations for your baby by age two. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. Justin or Justine. Immunizations help give you the power to protect your baby. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Why are we stopping? We're going to be late for the show. Mom, Dad, we got to get gas. Not here, you're not. This place is charging an arm and a leg. Look, these days price swings of 30 or 40 cents per gallon aren't unusual. But when a gas station charges a price way above the price at similar stations, that could be gas gouging. Michigan gas stations sell the correct quality and quantity of gas most of the time. But when a station does try to illegally take advantage of drivers, my office is here to stop them. Stop Attorney Generaling! We got a concert to get to! I hope she doesn't sit next to us. Narc. 
This is Attorney General Dana Nessel. If you have information about potential gas gouging, call my office or go online at michigan.gov slash AG. Put those away. We're at a gas station. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue with uh, today's edition of Armchair Politics, our post-primary election edition with our uh, political pundits, uh, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Jan Worth Nelson. And uh, welcome back, everybody. I I, want to mention a couple of things that got my attention about the election locally and see what your thoughts are. Paul, you're looking at the same printout from the county clerk's office that i yeah i got that in front of me right now and one of the things that i find interesting is that it showed um separate totals for people who went to the poll on election day and absentee votes yes Mm -hmm. and i find that very interesting especially in the in the tudor dixon campaign because um, yeah, about 80% of her votes showed up on Election Day. Well, that's been true for Republicans in recent years at least. We you know, what strikes me as I look at at least a lot of the elections is that in many of these races, the majority of the votes, or a near majority, were absentee votes. Uh, right, it, it, Kildee, very, Kildee is a good example. <clears throat> but, yeah, but, but, yeah, historically, the... Uh, if you go back in the past, the absentee vote had always been more Republican, but in the last couple of years, since the pandemic especially, it's been Democrats who've been voting more absentee. Well, I almost mm-hmm. got the uh, got the impression that there was, uh, you know, we had just shy of twenty three percent turnout in Genesee County, for example, and mm-hmm. I sort of got the impression that that was bolstered by people who went to the polls because they could. You know that there was a little bit of an excitement. Oh, I can I can actually go back yes. to the polls and vote in person yes. the way I used to, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people did that. I didn't, but um, yeah, and, same here. <laughs> and and one of the things is I I've been a little bit bothered by the amount of absentee ballot voting and early voting that goes on because it makes it harder to cover elections. That's true. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at the the, gov- the, the Republican governor's race. Now, what's interesting here, I'm thinking here of the yeah, Trump sure. endorsement. I'm looking at the uh, the race, and the uh, the one candidate of the Republicans who had the majority of absentee votes was Kevin Rinke. Um, interesting. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at that, too. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm, I'm assuming, my, my argument is this, that I wonder if that Trump endorsement that came at the last minute gave Dixon the boost to give her the 8,000 votes she got in Genesee County, uh, oh. whereas Rink- Rinky was seen as a bit of a front-runner before the Trump endorsement came along. That's just that's my yeah. off-the-cuff off thought right now. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I see that. That's, that's rather marked. So he got 4,400 4, absentee ballots. He, absentee-wise, he had more than she did. That's right. He had 3,927 on Election Day, but on Election Day, Dixon had eight, over 8,000, but yeah. only 3,200 absentee votes. And this is in Genesee County, of course. 
So are you saying that Republicans, that, that fit the pattern that you've seen in the past? That Republicans yeah, no, I mean, his, historically, if you, I mean, if you go back, you know, decades, historically the absentee vote has always been a more Republican vote. But in the last yeah. couple of years, again, since the pandemic especially, when it's gotten easier to vote absentee, Democrats have had the edge. Uh, but but as, as Tom was saying, I mean, the last-minute information doesn't have an effect. If you vote two weeks early, well, you're not going to be yeah. affected by the last-minute information. Trump's endorsement. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Well, yeah. Also, didn't come in until just days. Lot, the, the, the current Republican Party, they don't trust anything other than doing it in person in a way, right? Oh yeah! In fact, I remember the remember the remember remember the ad that, that Rinky had with the zombies. I was I was I was joking. They they should form a committee, zombies for Rinky, when he was <laughs> running that ad, because he, yeah. he was he was talking about all those all the dead Democrats voting in, in absentee. Right. Uh, well, you know, I, I I think there's another uh, part of that story. Young more young people love voting, and they believe in electronic voting, and this is going to grow. This is going to be yeah. bigger than we ever can imagine. Democrats have caught the same bug that uh, it's okay to vote electronically. And and Henry, That's the future. And Henry, um, sorry about cutting you off when we went to the break, um, but I, you know, always try and get one or two of those in for sure. the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's but that's the reason I bring up that I like that it's being broken out in the uh, yeah. in the returns, so we can monitor yeah. that trend yeah. of who's yeah, going to the poll and who's voting by mail. Yeah. Did you guys uh, look no, at the eighth district congressional district in that regard? Uh, Republican Party. It's right right below the governor's there, Re- representative of Congress eighth district. Uh, the guy who go up against Kildee, 57, 58% of his vote was absentee in Genesee County. And I'm so glad. Oh, well, let's see. That's right. But, but Kildee won that handily. He was afraid that he was going to lose his shirt on that. Well, no, no, Kildee was unopposed for the nomination. Oh, that's right. That's why he yeah. thought. Yeah, this is Paul Young is going to go is going to go against him. But but as Jan says, yeah, his majority of, of Young's votes came from absentee ballots. Uh, so that's interesting. Or no, not quite the majority. Correction, six sixty seven hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I, I was... But I'm I'm glad Wait, that we're beginning to use the. Uh, absentee ballots. I, well, you I know, the, the one reason why I like it, and, and I, I, I've always argued that this is, I've I, I'd never done it before until the last year, a couple of years, uh, but I think it makes for a more informed voter. Voters can take these things home and they can, right. you know, go to a website and check the candidates out. If there's a proposal on the ballot, they can learn the details of some millage or bond issue that's out there. And if you just walk in cold turkey, like a lot of voters do, they, they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. So I think it may make for a more informed electorate by having yeah, a, a wide open absentee. Yeah. Did you see how um, those two, uh, how how Dan Kildee and Paul Young came right out of the shoot this morning with their attack? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen at, at least three ads from each already i was just getting the wow. results and and the attack ads were already out there yeah and, yeah, I and dan's is, dan's attack ad on paul young is pretty brutal uh yeah i 
I did not know much about his back, his back his past business background uh, until I saw the ad. Uh, you know, gonna, I thought that Dale Childe's ad before the election were very polite. You know, I thought that they were very. You know, he interviews this. Yeah, kind he, of he did. He nice did farmer job. guy, and you know, it's like he he wasn't yeah. really going for the jugular on the yeah. on the. Uh, well, he didn't have a enemy. No, he, he wasn't talking to uh, about his opponent. He was right. between the opponents. I, I think the farmer ad makes a lot of sense because if you've got a new district yeah. and the rural areas have been kind of, you know, Republican and pro-Trump, and by Kildee moving yeah. into that territory, I think it's a very wise move on his part. It was a very, it very, very smart that ad. Farmer, that farmer guy is so is so depressive, yeah. like he's like out of a mesothelioma ad or something. <laughs> you know, that it's like, come on, take your antidepressant and go vote for Dan Kelly. <laughs> like yeah. everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. No, that that could be that could be a very contentious race. I mean that that district, yeah. the eighth district, just barely went for Biden last time by about two points, and so it's going to be a close race, I suspect. Uh, for Kildee. And, and I think that the voting totals were um, 17,000 for Paul Young and 23,000 for Kildee. So, that, I mean, in Genesee County, that is. So, hmm. Yeah, no, the, the, real, the real issue there is as you go up north towards Bay City and, and half of Midland County, that's where the Republican votes are. And you, know, that, we, you know, it's a closer district than Kildee's had before. You know, we yeah. we do that a lot with primary elections. Um, we we try to compare, you know, the the two party outcomes as if it is reflective somehow of what's going to happen in November, and it and it really isn't. Uh, you know, it no, it isn't. It really is no, a, isn't. an election that took place within that party, and yeah. and there are yeah. two things very different about the Republican side of that race and the Democratic side of that race, there were multiple candidates on the Republican side. So, right, right. you know, they yeah. took votes they away the from them. And yeah. Dan Kildee had, you know, there was nobody else to vote for but Dan on the Democratic yeah, that's, side. That's true. Yeah. Uh, wasn't wasn't way, his total he... 100% or something? Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, <laughs> there's nobody yeah. else out there. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, you know, what's really interesting here too about, about primary elections is that you, in, in any primary you're appealing to your base. I always argued you win the primary on the twenty yard line, you win the uh, the general on the fifty yard line. I mean, everybody's uh -huh. going to move out of the middle because when you're you're running for yeah. your, within your own party, you're appealing to your own base. Um, uh, it's worth watching here about the Republicans. Are they going to now move away from Trump and be a little less Trumpy as they try and go yeah. for the general election? Uh, I suspect I that, they will. That's the key well, that depends on the that. state. Yeah, it depends on the yeah. state, too. The five critical states, that's not going to be the case. Because uh, Trump but, is still going to weigh in heavily in these five states. And one of the things that we, uh, that we always look at in, um, like, the nonpartisan, you know, top two move-on kind of yeah. races like the Flint Mayor's race is whether yeah. or not there's a leader that pulls out with more than 50%. Yeah. And we didn't yeah. have yeah. that in this No, race. we didn't. I. Uh, hey, we got a break I, here for uh, top of the hour ID, but let's let's pick it up with the mayor's race, and, and we can stay on the election for the whole show if we want. Um, okay, sounds good. Because there's, there is lots to talk about. And, uh, 
Anyway, we are going to take a uh, short break to uh, for top of the hour show ID, and we'll be back with the second half of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. And I hope you'll be here too. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 